Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today, Joe Biden gets a softball interview with Jake Tapper. Karine Jean-Pierre celebrates National Coming Out Day. And a new report shows illegal immigrants commit serious crimes at a higher rate than U.S. citizens. Who would have guessed? We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and we are joined today once again by Grant Stinchfield, who is the host of the new podcast, Stinchfield, which you can find on all of the platforms. Make sure that you go subscribe. Grant, thank you for being here. It's lit. It's great. Oh, Stinchfield. It is. I mean, let me just tell you, you can get all of the dirt, yep. all, of, all of the gossip, all of the tea over at Stinchfield, but you, you got to go subscribe and listen. Thank I'm you, not, Sarah. I'm not going to. Yeah, Thank you. That's all I'll say. Uh, also <laughs> joined, I'm so happy, whenever this wonderful, beautiful woman is in studio, Carol Roth, who is, of course, the author of The War on Small Business, as well as, I just want to tease for you, Carol, got a lot of new, fun, exciting things coming up, but you have to go and sign up to make sure you get notified at carolroth.com slash Glenn. And I'm going to guess that's two N's in Glenn. Two ends, but I'm smart enough. Being a business person, I also did one end <laughs> and redirected it to two ends, just in case you can't right. spell. So, so if you misspell it, you're fine. I got you. I got you covered. <laughs> She'll get you anyway. Exactly. All right. Um, so I'm glad you guys can be here. I want to get into the news of the day. So last night, don't know if you guys caught it, uh, Biden gave a, an interview to CNN's Jake Tapper. Now, typically, this is like an unscripted, just back and forth interview, which... We'll get into later. But uh, they were discussing the possibility of a recession, which I find interesting that they're discussing the possibility of a recession (laughs) as if we're not already in one. But again, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Biden said at first that there will not be one. And then he said, well, if there is one, it's just going to be one of those slight recessions. You know, watch. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how uh, every every six months they say this. Every six months, they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. There, there has. There is no. There's no guarantee that there's going to be. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Move down slightly. We've fallen off a cliff. <laughs> has anyone looked at their stock portfolio right now, whether it's a 401k or whatever you might have? The worst part is there's a technical definition of a recession, which is two quarters of GDP contraction, which now we're all pretending isn't really a thing and that we're not really in a recession. So this pretend recession that we're in, you (laughs) should just put that aside. And even if we eke out some growth in the third quarter, which is possible, and then head into that double dip recession, the president's telling you definitely don't prepare. Now, the head of (laughs) J.P. Morgan Chase just said it's going to get real. Bad. It's yeah. going to be dire. But the president's like, 
Don't you worry. I got you covered. Oh, and by the way, Mm. there is no inflation. Oh, and it's transitory. It's good for you. It's Putin's (laughs) fault. Bread lines are a great way to meet your neighbors. I actually love that you say that because that is what they do. First, they deny that it's happening. And then they're like, all right, it might happen. But if it does, it's going to be a good thing. And let me tell you why. And then when when they finally admit that it is happening, they're like, no, but look. This is a great thing for America. It's gonna, we're just going to totally reset our values. It's going to be great. I paid $16 for chopped pineapple yesterday, and I didn't know it was $16. Like, I'm checking out, and I'm like, what? This is insane. But maybe even more disturbing from what Joe Biden just said is what you brought up. The fact that Jake Tapper says if there is a recession, yeah, right should now. people prepare? If there is a recession, what is his problem? Well, you know what, on Park Avenue? Maybe there's not a recession when you're making multi-million dollar year contracts working for a liberal rag. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't experience it like and the rest of us do. And that's the, the problem. It, it, it is this sort of general lack of being in touch with the average American. Certainly everybody is feeling it. But if you're making millions of dollars a year being on a, a fancy network, well, yeah, it doesn't quite hurt you as much. But there are people who actually have to ration, who may not be able to heat their homes this winter, mm-hmm. who may have to cut back on you know the basics, food. Uh, and so for them to just kind of pretend like, oh, you're doing a great job, buddy. You know, <laughs> like keep up the good economic work. The Biden boom, Biden yeah. boom. It's fantastic. Yeah. Do you see how confused Joe Biden is, though? Like he's. Oh, he couldn't even finish a sent- a thought. These are questions that you know you're going to get asked. Yeah. How are you not ready for this? Unless you're a dementia patient. Right. If you're a dementia patient, you're not going to be ready for it. Right. If you're out to lunch, if you're uninformed, if you don't know what's going on around you, if you live in the White House home for the elderly, you will answer questions like that. Well, okay. so speaking of not knowing what's going on around you and being out of touch uh, during this interview, Jake Tapper also asked Joe Biden about polls that show Democrats would prefer a different candidate. Yes, I said I didn't say Republicans. Republicans obviously (laughs) prefer a different candidate. Democrats even prefer a different candidate. And uh, Joe Biden said that uh, all that matters is that he can do the job. All right. Watch. Voters have been watching you. Democratic voters approve of the job you're doing. Democratic voters uh, overwhelmingly like you. Um, But one poll shows that almost two thirds of Democratic voters want a new nominee in 2024. And the top reason they gave (laughs) was your age. So what's your message to Democrats who like you, who like what you've done, but are concerned about your age and the demands of the job? Well, they're concerned about whether or not I can get anything done. Look what I've gotten done. Uh, Name me a president in recent history that's gotten as much done as I have in the first two years. Great point. Not a joke. (laughs) may not like what I got done, but the vast majority of the American people do like what I got done. And so I just, it's its a matter of, can you do the job? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I believe I can do the job. I've been able to do the job. I've gotten more done. I got the inflation reduction. I got all these <laughs> pieces of legislation passed. And I ran on that. I said this is what I was going to do. Okay, so I have a theory <laughs> that every time he says, you know, he says not a joke right, all, the all the time. He always says it after he's lied. And he knows that he's lied. And that's, that's his, his tell. tell. Yeah, that's his tell. Is he's like, I look, I we've got the most jobs and we're doing great. The, the economy is booming. Not a joke. Like, it's just <laughs> I got a great does. hand here. Not, not a, a joke. <laughs> not all in. A joke. Not a joke. <laughs> I mean, a lot to unpack there that he's living in this fantasy world where he feels like he can come out in front of the American public and say, look at all I've done. And the American public doesn't say, yeah, we see it all around us when we fill up our gas tanks, when we go to the grocery store, when we do all of these things. We know what you've done, Joe, but I wouldn't be bragging about it because none of it is good. Look, look at what he's done. Yeah. You named a few of the things. Yeah. He's put our enemies on the move. Mm-hmm. China. Russia, Iran, 
North Korea, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. he, he botched that to, and put terrorists back in there to yep. make that the training center of the world. He opened up borders. Yep that now have crime flowing in here, fentanyl flowing in here, where you have kids and young adults dying at record numbers. Not to mention the economy, we just talked about it. Crime is on the rise. This president has done more in two years than any other president I've <laughs> ever seen true. to yes. destroy a nation. Yes. No, that, that is true. He's definitely done more, and he's got it all done, and it is all terrifying. And the only thing that is making people's lives better right now is that there are no mean tweets. Mm-hmm. And that's only if you didn't enjoy them, because many of us <laughs> found them to be quite amusing. Um, I do think, though, like the, the whole idea that he has no idea what's going on. This is not even his agenda. This is clearly somebody else not exactly sure who is pulling the, the puppet strings there. It's just so horrible and mean. And so the fact that they're like, oh, it's your age, it's not your age. I mean, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are still running Berkshire Hathaway, you know, in their 90s, killing it. Nobody's going, we really need to to replace that Warren Buffett guy because he's old. No, he's super competent and he's killing it. This guy can't put a sentence together. They feel bad. His family should feel terrible for putting him in that position. And the fact that this is what we're projecting to the world, we're projecting this weakness, all of those things you talk mm-hmm. about is them taking advantage mm-hmm. of that weakness. Yeah, I, um, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about all of these, all of the things he's done. Well, give him that. Done a lot. None of it good. <laughs> Another one is uh, all of the money that they have invested in climate change, all of these green initiatives. And, you know, if you listen to Joe Biden and take his word for it, he says that they've passed a billion, a trillion, seven hundred and fifty million dollars, billion dollars. That's the official I amount. I, <laughs> That's the official amount. I'm very confused. Let me let Biden speak for himself. Watch. We passed the look. What I ran on, I said we're going to deal with energy. Right. And and the energy problem, we're going to deal with the whole notion of global warming. Mm-hmm. We passed three hundred sixty-eight billion dollars worth of help. Which, as the same bankers talk about, is going to bring a billion, a trillion, seven hundred million dollar, billion dollars off the sidelines of investment. <laughs> okay, Carol, you are of course a former investment banker, recovering investment banker. That, yes. Yeah, sorry, recovering. <laughs> it, I never knew that that was like an actual official figure. Yes, was, you did. Some, somewhere between trillion and quadrillion is billion, seven hundred and fifty million, billion, trillion billion or something like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, the worst part is we're all laughing at that, but it's covering up the absolute horrible thing that they've done, which is a bunch of people who couldn't see inflation coming that actually caused it, Mm -hmm. who now are telling us we're not in a recession. Now they're going to fix the global climate, which is, by the way, broken. And it's only broken here, by the way. It's not broken in China or Venezuela or Saudi Arabia. It's just here. And they're going to give a bunch of money to companies like, you know, credits for EVs so that they can stop making the low the low priced ones and focus on the luxury (laughs) ones and raise the price by the same amount of the credit. That is phenomenal economics. It's really (laughs) doing a lot for the average American. Thank you, Joe Biden. Not to hammer away on his being a dementia patient, Mm -hmm. but he gave it away there because he called it global warming. See, Mm -hmm. they don't call it global warming anymore. That was like a couple decades ago they call it global warming. When you're a dementia patient, you remember things from a few decades ago. You don't remember Uh things from from the day. So he calls it global warming. I did a video, by the way, Stinchfield 1776. 
but it's got like 500,000 views on, on Instagram. I was at a Tesla charging station at oh, 10 o'clock. Oh, I love this. Oh, no. And there's a line of cars uh-huh. and people sitting in their cars waiting for their, their car to charge. It took us, I was following somebody yeah. who had driven from Houston to Dallas and was out of it, could make it home. It took us an hour to find a charging station, charge the car. I'm like, this is a nightmare. My car, I'm, I'm at the gas station in five minutes, less. Right, right. And I'm done. And these idiots, because they don't have charging stations in their apartment complexes. So they buy the electric vehicle. Now they got to go to some mm-hmm. supercharged station along a super highway right. and wait in line to charge their vehicle because no And yet California is going to go all electric vehicles. Yeah. We're not prepared for that. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this is the issue here that, that's just glossed over is that by continuing to divert funds from traditional sources of energy, whether it be fossil fuels or nuclear energy, that they're putting us not only at an economic risk, but at a national security risk. And this isn't something that's going to be fixed like next year. It's not like, oh, we'll just get through the winter mm-hmm. and we'll be okay. We're underinvesting for the future and that's gonna affect us here in the US. It's gonna mm-hmm. affect everywhere around the globe and it's gonna cause global unrest. Do you know there's a real serious crisis America faces that relates to this. Stupidity? We, we have, <laughs> stupidity is the crisis. Yes. Well, Joe Biden is clearly the number one national security risk we face as a nation, yeah. and that is not a joke. Yeah. We not have a joke. A, not a uranium not a shortage, but we are not producing uranium in the United States to power our mm, nuclear yeah. reactors mm-hmm. that, that offer up very clean energy mm. to America, to power our nuclear aircraft carriers and our nuclear submarines. We rely on Russia and China for, for uranium. We have the largest deposit right here in the United States, and we don't produce an ounce. We went from being the number one producer of uranium to zero ounces of uranium, relying on Russia and China right now when we're supposed to be you know, not buying anything from Russia. Well, guess where we're getting our uranium Well, from? guess where the rare earth minerals come from that uh, are, are used in the batteries that store the power that is, quote unquote, green and clean. I mean, nobody's mm-hmm. talking about this. This has been a gift to China and to other nations who obviously aren't that happy with us. We've seen, you know, having that kind of contention and being in the backseat position, what that what that means for us. So why would we double down on that strategy unless, of course, that was part of the intention? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could not agree more with both of you. Um, I know I know we got to go to break, but I do have to play. I would be remiss if I didn't play the awkward part of the interview where Joe Biden appears to drop his cheat sheet of notes. Watch. Economically and politically. We are, we still have real problems. But we, look, 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 look what we got done. We, we, we passed so much legislation that significantly well, makes a, here, let me help makes you a point let me about, help you, with that, you know, for example, if the that American is Rescue not Plan. The best representation of the mainstream media's relationship with the federal government and the Biden administration, I don't know what is. He, Jake Tapper was on it, man. He was like, oh my God, let me, let me give that to you, Mr. President. I don't want, I need a cover for you. I don't want anyone to know that you had a cheat sheet because you don't know the next sentence that's gonna come out of your mouth. We gotta help you with that, Mr. President. That was like, that was just perfect. That has to be the reason because there's no way Jake Tapper is a gentleman enough to reach down and pick up a piece of paper from an old man that can't reach down himself and get it. Truly. I I, I really do think that that's the reason because Jake goes, oh, crap. Here's the question. Why did they leave that in the interview? Why didn't they go, okay, hold on. The sheet's on the ground. Yeah, right. We have yeah. a problem. Emergency. Woo, 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 woo. 
Yeah. This is all, let, let's just roll back and take this again. That's a great point. It's called Operation Oust Biden. Yeah. And I actually believe it's underway and it's been underway for a couple of, uh, for a couple of months. Yeah, he, they finally realized they yeah. can't cover for him uh, any longer for very, very <laughs> they much They can't longer. keep picking up the cheat sheet yeah. for Joe Biden. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Enter Gavin Newsom. Oh. <laughs> all right. We've got more to come. We're off to a good start. First, I want to thank our sponsor, First Liberty. So uh, court packing is a real thing that could happen. And uh, it's a coup, okay? We've got all of the usual suspects. We've got Biden, we've got Pelosi, Schumer. They are all working overtime on new radical plans to pack the Supreme Court. They're talking about it all the time. They are inserting, you hear Elizabeth Warren talking about it. This is not a conspiracy theory. This could happen, and if it does, it will be catastrophic for our court, for our entire way of life. We cannot let that happen. That is why First Liberty is asking you to join their petition. All they're asking you to do is sign your name. Join uh, one million patriots who are saying no to a Supreme Court coup. Guys, this is the easiest thing I'm ever going to ask you to do. I'm not asking you to spend money. I'm not asking you to buy anything. I'm just telling you to go sign your name to say no to this. You can go to supremecoup.com to sign First Liberty's letter. That is supremecoup.com. Because apparently everything has to be gay. Yesterday was National Coming Out Day. And Not me, uh, by the way. Okay, let's just be very clear okay. about this. All right, everything except Grant has right. to be gay. Uh, and Corrine Jean-Pierre shared her story. This is, of course, White House Press Secretary, for those of you who have forgotten. She shared her story of coming out to her, what she says was her traditional conservative family watch. So today is National Coming Out Day. And so I wanted to start by sharing my own coming out story. Like so many in the LGBTQ community, coming out wasn't an easy thing to do. My family was traditional and conservative. Being gay in my family wasn't something that you mentioned out loud or celebrated. But my family, like many, many other families, grew to accept who I was. They saw that who I loved didn't change who I was as a person. It didn't change the things I liked to do, and it didn't change the goals I had for my life. The beauty of America is its freedoms and the promise that you can achieve your dreams, no matter your race, sex, country of origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Mm -hmm. This is something we continue to strive toward and fight for, particularly as we continue to see a wave of anti-LGBTQ legislation across the country. Mm, no, but I think she had it right when she said that the America, the beauty of America is that none of that matters, right? We don't need to deal in identity politics. It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian, if you're gay, if you're straight, it doesn't matter because you also have the same opportunity as others, and then she just completely right. contradicts herself. I just don't look, I again, like I don't, I, I have friends who are gay, I don't have a problem with the gay community as a whole, I don't understand why everything has to be centered around being gay. We had Pride Month in, what was it, June, and like, that was, that's their month, right? Like, that's cool. I'm wondering when is the heterosexual month? I'm not quite sure. Um, I, it just feels like everything has to be about your sexuality these days. And I just, it, it feels like you're diminishing who you are as a person 
when that's all you have to talk about is your sexuality and what gender you're attracted to. It's just weird to me. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, her being gay has nothing to do with her being the worst press secretary in American <laughs> Absolutely. history. Absolutely. Nothing to do with no. it. No. Uh, I can tell you what the push for gay transgender mania is, and it's demasculating, emasculating society. It's about taking men out of society and, and ruining the values that we look at. Mm -hmm. Strong men who will support and protect the women around them. And that doesn't mean you can't have strong women, mm -hmm. but strong men are integral to society to succeed. And I'll never back down off of that. They certainly will because they don't want society to succeed. They want weakness in society. Yeah, because then you gotta latch on to the teat of big daddy government right. when you don't have uh, men to, to protect you. I actually love what she said. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the most coherent thing that I've ever heard come out of her mouth. <laughs> And I think, like you said, that the, the worst part about it was the ending, is that she, she talked about individuality and what makes you unique and how America is this place that sort of protects the individual and then rolled into collectivism. Mm -hmm. And I don't think mm -hmm. this is about you know, being gay or being a certain race or certain anything. It's the issue that the, the people on the left, they want to play this identity politics. Right. They want to have this, this collective identity instead of celebrating you for who you are because that's the only way they can push their very bad ideas. So instead of saying, you know, you're you and we're going to protect your rights as an individual, well, we have to put you as part of a class. We mm -hmm. need to find a way to make that class victimized. And, you know, whether you tell somebody that they're a victim or that they're going to do great, they're going to believe you either way mm -hmm. and I think it's a much better path to say you know we we don't care what your orientation is we don't care what your race is we're here to make everybody succeed and to protect your rights as an individual and it would have been so amazing for her to end on that and right. then I would have stood up and went right. yes you, you go go you go girl right. but unfortunately I can't do that. well and yeah. it's not she didn't only just completely ruin the messaging that you know we here at the ta this table would be like yes true that is what America is all about she also um, she just completely upended all of this and decided to demonize half of the country, of course, because she was asked about the L.A. This was the L.A. City Council president uh, who just recently resigned over her racist remarks. And she was started talking about MAGA Republicans that uh, celebrate racist language. And Democrats are the ones who condemn such hate speech. Watch. Look, the president is glad to see that one of the participants in that conversation has resigned. Uh, but they all should. He believes that they all should resign. The language that was used and tolerated during that conversation was unacceptable and it was appalling. Uh, they should all step down. And here's the difference between Democrats and, and MAGA Republicans. When a Democrat says something racist or anti-Semitic, we would, we, we hold them, we hold really? Democrats oh, accountable. Really? When a MAGA Republican says something mm -hmm. uh, racist and, or anti-Semitic, mm -hmm. they are embraced by cheering crowds and become oh. celebrated and sought after endorsements. Okay, so I did Ilana, did Ilan Omar resign? I didn't catch that. Is she still in Congress? That, that was what I was going to say. So being the token Jew here, I will tell you <laughs> that when Elon Omar used language that mm -hmm. basically was a euphemism for the destruction of Israel, amongst other things, 
Uh, she didn't receive any no, sort of no, censure no. for that and you know, continues to be elected. And she is certainly not the only one. There mm -hmm. are many people um, on the Democratic side who've said all kinds of ridiculous things, you know, not mm -hmm. only about race and creed and uh, everything else, but also from a political side. I mean, they're the ones that are divisive about yeah. everything based on this intersectionality and this collective identity. Right. They're, it's like the Hunger Games and nobody's going to be left standing. Yeah. So, you know, I do radio in Los Angeles every right. morning. Right. And so this is a huge story. The things they said were the most vile things that come out of people's mouths. I've never been in a room where people have ever had conversations like this. I've been in a room where people have said racist things. You either walk out, you tell them to stop, you do what you got to do. But I've never been in a room where the conversation unfolded the way it unfolded, the vile things. Mm -hmm. She says that Democrats call people out for this. <laughs> well, as of the taping of this program, Gavin Newsom has not mm -hmm. called for the resignation of any of them. He's the governor of that state, and he remains silent through all of this. Mm -hmm. Now, if anybody should be calling for the resignation of these three serious bigots, he should. And the last point on this is that Los Angeles, Los Angeles City Council members, these three that were responsible for this are the first ones to boycott cities and states that somehow they look at as racist and they're the high and mighty, all encompassing, we're mm -hmm. compassionate, we're welcoming, we understand everybody. And yet this is how they talk in closed mm -hmm. doors as they're making political deals mm -hmm. with unions. Mm -hmm. it's, pro it's projection. Mm -hmm. Yes. You you don't go after people like that unless you're used to, to that behavior. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even think like, oh, that that's a thing if it's not something that you engaged in. So they try to project it onto somebody well, else. You're yeah. in Chicago. Or is Chicago now going to boycott business in Los Angeles because of because of what these people said? I mean, that no. that would be the liberal way. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. Well, let, let's not get us started on all the issues in <laughs> Chicago here. That could be like three new shows. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's just really frustrating to hear. And uh, I know we got to take a break. But to your point, Grant, we we showed some of this. The particular. Um, the, the president who just got who just resigned, who actually yeah. was the one to resign. We showed a couple of her tweets, her previous tweets about like George Floyd and, you know, racism is horrible. Yeah. And you know, it's just like you guys are just completely uh, nothing you say you believe. Nothing. The, Mike Bonin is a city council member. He's he's gay. He's white. He adopted a, a black child that's two years old. She called him the black child. The most horrible thing you could offer up for, yes. for a black person. Now, Mike Bonin is a vile individual. He hates freedom. He hates gun owners. He hates everything good about America. And instead of getting angry, he started crying. He started crying. <laughs> like, why would you let a racist bigot infect your mind? You cannot let yes. those people have power. You don't let those people infect your mind to have power over you. That's their issue, not yours. He started crying. You want to talk about weakness in America? He should get angry. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with well, you Well, but when you're part of a victim culture, it's the go-to strategy. Go How can I yep. turn this around, make people feel bad for me and capitalize on it? And I'm not saying, I, I haven't seen it, so I have no idea if it's a, a genuine reaction or not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're used to playing the victim, that yeah. does become a response. Yeah, they, they have, they get oppression points over there on the left. Um, all right, we got to take another quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bank on Yourself. So, uh, 
Do you really control your retirement money? If you've got a 401k or IRA or similar retirement plan, you maybe have not thought of it this way, but the government is actually the one who controls it. Now, bank on yourself is a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. They've never had a losing year in over 160 years. That is how dependable it is. They're going to provide guaranteed, predictable growth and retirement income. You don't need to have any guesswork. It's there. Your plan doesn't go backward when the markets tumble. Both your principal and growth are locked in, and you are the one that's in control not the government. You're going to get access to your money for any purpose with no questions asked, and you're not going to get those penalties that the government imposes on IRAs and 401ks. You're going to get built-in inflation protection. Your money is guaranteed to grow by a larger dollar amount every year in both good times and bad. And let me tell you, we're in for some bad right now. So you got to go there. You can get a free report with all the details on how Bank on Yourself strategy adds guarantees, predictability, and control to your financial plan. That is Bank on Yourself dot com slash matters bank on yourself dot com slash matters Last year, you may recall, uh, mainstream media pushed a narrative that Border Patrol agents were whipping Haitian migrants that turned out to be completely false. I just I, I'm sorry. I love this picture so much with their like their takeout <laughs> takeout boxes in the bags. They're just like hoarding food and trying to go back across so that they can just eat all of the food that we've provided them. Uh, an email obtained by the Heritage Foundation reveals that DHS Secretary Mayorkas knew the narrative to be untrue, but did not refute it at a press conference two and a half hours later. Instead, of course, called the photos Horrifying. Uh, the email to Mayorkas reads: The photographer behind the photographer behind images depicting Border Patrol agents on horseback told KTSM things aren't exactly what they seem when it comes to the photos. The photos caused outrage because, from certain angles, it appears to show Border Patrol whipping migrants. But photographer uh, Paul Ratchi said he and his colleagues never saw agents whipping anyone. That's not even the end of the story because th- these these they were still punished. Like the White House actually said, okay, no, that's not what ended up being true, but we're still going to reprimand you. It's just so bizarre. Again, like to, to your point, they live in this world where oppression is a good thing. And so we have to constantly look for ways that you are oppressed and, uh, you know, uh, uh, harmed by, by the man in order to gain, I don't know, admiration. I don't know, but there are no consequences. I mean, yeah. that's the problem is that we have all of these people who have all of the power, power to you know, put a narrative out there to hurt people's careers, to disrupt our entire lives. And they have absolutely no consequences. He knew it to be false. Mm-hmm. If, if you were a company and you did that, you'd be sued for fraud. Right. So, like, what's our recourse here? We need to focus on how we can bring back some recourse or you're going to continue to have that moral hazard where people do things and they bear no risk. Mm. This is a great example of liberals, radicals willing to lie to get their way no matter what. You have so many issues at play here. This was about a war on cops, and when that happened, the war on cops was at the height of war on cops. Yeah. Uh, they, they hate that we want closed borders, so they villainize the Border Patrol. I was sent a patch by a Border Patrol agent that says the Welcome Patrol. This is what they're handing out to each other because that's what they feel like they've been relegated to as a welcome patrol. I mean, you're not a nation unless you have secure borders. To lie, to ruin the lives of those men that are literally putting their lives on the line every day is despicable. And the fact that he knew about it. 
The fact that he knew about it makes it so low. I can't imagine any situation that I would be in where I would be okay with something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Now, and they've done an absolute 180 as well. You know, that they were all okay with this, and this wasn't an issue until the migrants started showing up in Chicago and New York and, you know, Martha's Vineyard, and then all of a sudden it became a crisis, right. and the narrative gets completely flipped. And unfortunately, the the corporate press and the useful idiots don't do anything to go. Oh, you know, maybe we we didn't really look at it because it didn't affect us, and, right. and go, my bad, mea culpa. Nope, they're just going to keep charging with that same. You know, we we have an agenda, and we're going to find a way to put this into our narrative. Do you remember? I think it was a few weeks ago on this show. I said the number one city we should be sending migrants to is Aspen, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And now Aspen is preparing to take migrants in case we send them to Aspen. <laughs> There's it's so hard to get there. It's so hard there. to get there. How are oh, they getting there? By we're, private we're in, jets? We're in Texas. We can, we can find ways. <laughs> Governor Abbott can put them on a bus to Aspen. Someone watches this show in Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> alerted them to Grant's plan. Be ready for that. Um, so, okay, so, so on this topic, there was a new report that came out uh, from the Center of Immigration Studies that shows that that illegal immigrants in Texas, where I'm sure you guys are going to find this shocking, that all of these strangers that we didn't vet and let into our country and decided to, to enter this country uh, by breaking our laws to begin with, okay, they were convicted of crimes such as homicide, sexual assault, and kidnapping at higher rates than the state average. I, for one, am shocked that these people don't respect our laws. I thought for sure, once they entered illegally and completely disregarded our laws, that then they would start actually respecting and caring. So I'm shocked. Uh, I want to let you listen to Sean Kennedy, who is the lead researcher of this report, speaking to Tucker Carlson. Watch. We found out that the data was being absolutely misrepresented. They ah. claimed that native-born Americans could be compared apples to apples to illegal immigrants, except for Texas doesn't collect data on native-born Americans. That's some other category, which includes unidentified illegal immigrants. And every year, especially in serious crime categories, Texas keeps finding more illegals in its prisons that weren't identified initially upon arrest. So there's more and more illegals amongst the convicted felons in Texas when Texas goes back and checks on people's immigration status. Huh. Shocked. So I can explain why this happens in Please. Texas. Your most liberal cities are obviously the big ones. Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. They don't allow officers to ask your immigration status mm -hmm. when you pull somebody over. So you arrest them, mm -hmm. and then you put them in jail, county jail, and, and wait. If you're lucky, many of these cities are being, same situation as New York and Chicago, being let out right away. Right. But they don't know their immigration status because they didn't ask their immigration status because that would be too mean and evil to ask somebody if you're here illegally. That's xenophobic. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's crazy because like I feel like I can't do anything. Like I can't go and you know get a cup of cocoa without like identifying who I am and all the different groups that I belong to. But it's something that's actually relevant where you're being arrested. <laughs> that maybe that might be important information. <laughs> and to your point, Sarah, you know you have to look at the incentives and the outcomes. If you have people who are are looking to cross the border, and some group goes, well, we're not supposed to do that. Then one goes, well, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. The I don't care, we're going to do it anyway people are going to probably say that about the next, you know, kind of, right. group of grouping of rules. So. Right, right. Um, Grant, before we go, I just, look, we played a, a clip of Tucker Carlson there. Yep. You've, you've been in the news recently mm -hmm. having to do with Tucker Carlson. Yep. 
uh, would you so, care to? So, of course, so my, my first podcast, Stinchfield, on all the platforms, was about why I got canceled at Newsmax. Mm-hmm. At least why I believe I got canceled at Newsmax. Mm-hmm. And the first and foremost reason in my mind was I refused gently to attack Tucker Carlson on a nightly basis. He was my direct competition at 8 o'clock. But he's a beast. He was doing 3 million people a night, and he's great, and I'm doing 300,000. Why would I want to beat up the man that I actually believe is the number two leader of the Republican Party next to President Trump? Mm -hmm. I actually believe that Tucker Carlson has more power than any other Republican in this country other than President Trump. Why would I attack that man when we need unified voices? Mm -hmm. I'm on the blaze today. I don't Real America's Voice, Newsmax, Fox News. I don't care. We're fighting a bigger fight than all of this. We don't need to fight with each other. And so Newsmax wanted me to go down that road. There was issues about Ukraine. I started asking questions about Ukraine. They they didn't like that. Mm. But I'm always grateful to, to my opportunity at yeah. Newsmax. But there's certain things that I just couldn't do, and I think I was inconvenient and uncomfortable for them. And so... Uh, they found somebody else to do it, and that's their prerogative. It, it is fascinating because, you know, I think that the left does a great job of, of creating this division themselves. Why would we need to add to it? I, I feel like people are always shocked when I have, you know, I have you on. I have um, uh, people from The Daily Wire on. Uh, when Jeremy's Razors launched, I had him on to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're not, we're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. We're all, I mean, we're not the Democrats. We all actually believe in these ideals. We all actually believe in things like the Constitution and our freedoms and our liberties. And we're all fighting the same battle for our kids. Like, why would I, why would I try to, why would I try to pick a fight with these people? It just doesn't make and, any sense. Go ahead. I would just say, a core principle is that you let people speak their minds mm-hmm. and that you take what works for you and you say, you know, maybe this doesn't work for you. I'm separating the art from the artist. And I just want to congratulate you. I mean, that is not an easy thing to do. I don't know if people really realize, you yeah. know, you have a pretty amazing thing that people would kill for. And to be able to, to say, that's not consistent with my values. And if that's going to cost me my job, I'm going to find another way. I just want to personally say well, that's look, that's pretty amazing. To be honest, at the time, I didn't know it would cost me my job. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know. But I can but tell you But willi- you were willing yeah. to take that risk. Yeah. I, in the beginning, I found a couple little things I disagree with. We could find things we disagree with. Right. We could find sure, things we disagree right. with. And I'd right. say, okay, just to keep them happy. And I could then that wasn't good enough for them. So I said, well, I'm not doing it. So they would bring Dick Morris on. And Dick Morris would attack him. So, okay. I couldn't do I finally said, I can't do it anymore. My stomach is churning before you go on air that you don't even want to touch this subject. I can't do it. And and then when I asked the question about why are we spending so much money in Ukraine and shouldn't we have checks and balances to a congressman? They said that is not the network position. And I said, the show's called Stinchfield. (laughs) I didn't know there's a network position. Right, 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 right. And so, you know, I just... I'm a, I'm a strong person. You know me for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I'm a strong I, yeah. I don't. I, I can go make money. I'm a small business owner. Right. I've bought and sold businesses. Right. I can go. I can go hustle cash if I have to go hustle but it's, cash. But it's rare. Like it's not rare to you. It's not rare to you. It's not yeah. rare to me. But in the sphere. It is rare it to is have rare. that authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, really, truly. Great job, my friend. Thank you. And uh, make sure that you check out Stinchfield wherever you get your podcasts. We uh, got to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
According to a witness in the Durham investigation, the Obama FBI offered a million dollars to Christopher Steele if he could provide any evidence that the Steele dossier was real. Obviously, we know how that worked. Uh, Steele was unable to back up his claims. But as a reminder, Steele was a Hillary Clinton op opposition researcher, uh, former British spy. And this revelation came during John Durham's false statements trial against Steele's main dossier source. This is Igor Danchenko. Uh, an FBI analyst also testified Danchenko never provided corroboration for the dossier's allegations, as well as an FBI analyst who also testified that uh, other U.S. intelligence agencies looked into the dossier's claims and none could confirm the specific claims in the dossier. But despite all of this, the FBI still authorized the FISA warrants on Trump's campaign. Uh, many of these allegations that came up have already been debunked, as you guys all know, such as the Trump campaign was colluding with Russia. Although if you watch MSNBC, they're probably still <laughs> going to tell you that there was collusion because they're giant idiots. Uh, the Justice Department admitted in 2020 that the FISA warrants to surveil Carter Page did not meet the necessary legal threshold and never should have been issued. It's almost like the FBI has been operating this entire time as just this like political wing of the government trying to quash its political opposition. I don't know, but that's a conspiracy theory. So uh, yeah, you, you, you think? I mean... If this was any other time, the FBI would be done. It would be over. It would be shut down. Think about what the FBI offered a million dollars mm -hmm. to however you can get it. Come up with evidence that will put President Trump or soon to be President Trump away for life. Mm -hmm. Whatever you can do. They paid for lies or were willing to pay for lies. A million dollars. That should shut that agency down for good. And have you seen any of the mainstream media outlets really cover the story at all? No. This is a John Durham trial. It's the second trial, I, I guess, of this of this investigation, which is one of the most important of our time, and it gets no coverage. I just want to know who Steele's agent is, because that's some pretty juicy information, if it actually were real, which we know that it's not. But if it were, to only offer a million dollars for that, that's like a cheapskate deal. I feel like he should have gone <laughs> For way more than that, the fact that he was willing to do it for that says a lot about what uh, what value everybody puts on our Constitution and our country. I mean, that's that's pretty sad. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's fascinating. Was it Ted Cruz who he I think he made comments like uh, defund the FBI or, or whatever he said, yeah. you know, shut it down. And, and mainstream media tried to go after him as if that was supposed to be like controversial. Right. I'm like. Yes, that yes. I, I don't I don't see where the error was in what he said. Yes, defund the FBI. Why why would we want to fund an agency that basically their entire goal I mean they're doing this, okay? They're arresting pro-life uh, activists who are literally showing up to abortion clinics and praying outside and they're getting arrested, their homes are getting raided, they're in sometimes in certain circumstances providing no warrants to the family whenever they show up and start raiding their house, their kids are crying, they're showing up at Mar-a-Lago trying to raid President Trump. I mean, it's like, and we still yes. don't we still don't know the motive for the Vegas shooting. Right. That, like, the yeah. things right. that they're supposed right. to be doing, like how many years have passed now, and we still don't have any information on this guy. Yes, and a lesser point, because that's a great point, but a lesser point, how about all the firebombing for the crisis <laughs> pregnancy centers? We have no leads on that, but we're gonna arrest a bunch of pro-life activists who dare pray outside abortion clinics. There's a, a small story, or it's really a big story, maybe the greatest heist in American history, $86 million, I believe, that the FBI stole 
from a vault company in Beverly Hills, California. Yes. 1,400 vaults. They got a warrant to go search this company that was accused of money laundering, but they took the contents of 1,400 vaults, which were safe deposit boxes, which yep. were private customers. These customers had to fight to no. get it back. And what happens? Most customers say, you know what? It's going to cost me more to fight mm -hmm. to get it back mm -hmm. than it is worth the Rolex that was in the safe deposit box. The wow. second biggest heist, the biggest one was COVID and the shutting down of the accurate. economy and all of the trillions of dollars that were transferred from Main Street to Wall Street. Can, can so that's I, the second biggest heist. I, I just want to say that people need to understand that, yes, I'm pro-law enforcement, but beyond that, I'm pro-law and order. Yes. It's a yes. better yes. term than pro-law enforcement. Yes. Exactly. So I want law and order. If you're a bad cop, I want you out. Exactly. And these FBI's, uh, cops and, and agents that are acting bad, they need to go. Just like I don't say I'm pro-business. Right. I'm pro-free markets. Yeah. Not pro-business, pro-free markets. It's a systemic issue. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. the Amen. fundamental issue. Uh, all right, we gotta take a quick break. We'll be right back. No, that's great. Leftist journalist David Levitt called CPS on Tina Ramirez, a Virginia Senate candidate, for tweeting, oh gosh, this is bad, only women can be pregnant and teaching her daughter to support Columbus Day. Ramirez tweeted, I teach my daughter real American history. I refuse to join the radical left's campaign to erase history. Uh, Levitt responded with, can someone please call child care services on Tina Ramirez, who's teaching her child to be a racist? And he did follow up this tweet with screenshots of him actually calling CPS, talking about how they have a 10 plus minute hold. They're experiencing high call volumes with 14 callers ahead of me. This is unacceptable. How many people try to report child abuse and hang up? How many children will continue to be abused? Well, probably a lot if a bunch of like you are going on trying to report child abuse when there is no child abuse and not allowing a parent to just raise her child in the way that she sees fit and teach her actual American history. But I don't know, maybe that's just me. I got nothing after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I just have some context because I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago that there was a guy who was very angry that he couldn't get his toothbrush from Target, his electronic, like Sonicare type of toothbrush from Target, because you know it was a, a floor model, and so it said like you know one cent because obviously you couldn't yeah. buy it, and had a fit and got mad at the manager, Target wow. Tory, who we all love and did a GoFundMe for. David Lovett is the same man. That was him. The same man. So I'm just bringing this all together oh. for you. He has a massive following. He says some interesting things, but I think he might have. Some issues Mental because issues. yeah, because I mean I'm not a doctor, I'm not oh. diagnosed, but yeah, like the, the, this isn't the behavior of, of somebody who acts rationally. To your point, I did see. I'm trying to pull it up. I don't have time. I did see. I think one of his follow-up tweets was like about his therapist. I was like, yes, go see your therapist. Please, you need to please, go see your therapist. Yes. Take care of yourself. All of us. Please take care of yourself. Yes. David. Okay. Yes. Make sure you go to uh, carolroth.com/glenn and check out Stinchfield wherever podcasts are located. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.